Ladies and gentlemen, it's me, Woody, recording from the shiny new meeting room in the building, coming at you with a brand new Chinwag episode 24, I think, and joining me, the most wonderful Tufty. Hello, everyone. And yeah, we have gone for a, a guestless episode this week, which means we get to ramble about all the various things happening in our lives, but with the successful implementation of whatever it was the third easing of the restrictions. There's actually stuff to talk about this time. So yeah, what should we jump into first, Susanna? We could jump into the water that I went into. Segway, do I get segway? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I think that works. Yeah, tell us about that. That sounded pretty exciting. Uh, so every, well, the last four years around my birthday, I've gone for a swim in the sea. And so in the name of tradition, we do things that might not be enjoyable, but because you've always done them, we must continue to do them. So I basically <laughs> dragged a bunch of girls with me to Wally Weir on Saturday and we went for a swim and the water was really, really full because it's been raining so much. So like there was quite a strong current <laughs> pulling you over the wall. Phoebe didn't go in, but we, I made everyone, well, I didn't make everyone, everyone was you know, willing to be a good sport and we all like did go properly under for a bit and then we had a picnic and it was sunny at parts so it was better weather than I expected (laughs) and when we came out we felt like way warmer than we did when before we went in so that's a way to warm up is go in freezing cold water and then by comparison the air is warmer afterwards yeah. I'm glad you clarified there because I just had visions of you, Susanna the Taskmaster, a giant stick in hand, being like, all right, ladies, <laughs> get in that wheel now. It's all in your head. It wasn't it's not quite cold. Um, and then we went out for a meal in the evening, which was very nice, making the most of all the um, new privileges of restrictions easing. And we went to a place called Juno, which Lizzie booked because she knows the guy that runs it, and it was very edgy. <laughs> lots of skateboards on the wall and like funky art and we had pizzas and burgers and loaded fries and it was a very nice time so it was quite a, a busy Saturday but it was really fun that sounds awesome and it wasn't just a busy Saturday was it we also had a very busy Sunday we did because it was the first time in what is nearly I think 14 or 15 months since we had a grounded lunch and we were finally able to do the first one last Sunday. So Melissa Todman cooked very lovely meals. I think it was what lamb meatballs and sweet and sour chicken. Did you get to try it was delicious? I didn't know. Well, I thought as an MT, I, was, I can't take the most popular dish <laughs> from the students. So I, I went for the sweet and sour chicken, which was still very nice. No, it was. But it was just so lovely to have so many students down in the new hall, just spending the afternoon playing the Greto and talking to one another. Oh, it was exhausting because it's we realized it's our first proper Sunday since we've actually started the MT but it was I think a good day it was really fun because I've never played Legretto before we played it for a good it felt like a couple of hours that might not have even been that long <laughs> but we also played Banana Grams I love Banana Grams and Guillotine which is one of my new fave games that the Todman's told me about oh uh, yeah I mean who doesn't enjoy executing French noblemen you know? <laughs> Yeah. What else have you been able to to do with the um, easing of the restrictions? I went to Woodcombe Deli inside. My, that was my first indoor 
cafe experience with Melissa. That was so nice. Just to like not having to be battling the wind and the cold, like on a bench doing a study, being able to be inside with a hot beverage in an actual cuck sat at a table and there was no one in there and it was just such a lovely chill environment and yeah it's weird how that was just the norm but now it's a luxury but it's cool because it makes you really appreciate the things that we never used to appreciate before that was really nice and then I also went to Thomas and Miriam's house they've got a really lovely uh, very good um flat up in their flat and we watched Pitch Perfect 2 which you also watched. Oh, yeah. No, no, we didn't. That's a lie. We watched Pitch Perfect 1 and we had fajitas. It was delish. Oh, yeah. I think you, yeah, I did Pitch Perfect 2 with a mate of mine. I think possibly on the same day as you when you were at Thomas and Miriam's. I'm not sure. My conclusions are the first Pitch Perfect is miles better than, than Pitch Perfect 2, <laughs> which sadly seems to be the case with most series of movies. But the, the, the first one is always the best one, with perhaps the exception of Shrek, where Shrek 2 is just a masterpiece and despite Shrek 1 being so good, Shrek 2 exceeds it. Which is your favourite of the Pitch Perfect, Suzanne? I don't think I've seen... I think I might have seen three once, but maybe... I did quite like the second one. It was just so bizarre. <laughs> quite I liked that the guy from Alvin and the Chipmunks was in it. But I need to watch it again to give you a proper answer. But, yeah, no, they're good. They're, like, really, like, wacky films, but they're quite good. Oh, speaking of films, I was able to again go to... Mate of Minds, and we watched The Incredibles, which, in my opinion, is one of the greatest animation and greatest superhero films ever created. So many quality lines in it, particularly Honey, Where's My Super Suit? That is just being able to just shout that at your friends, <laughs> having everyone get the reference. It's a wholesome moment. I never really was much into Disney Pixar, apart from Finding Nemo. Oh, mate, I was always out. a classic Disney person. Fair enough, fair enough. I'm um, curious what people think. Classic Disney or Disney Pixar? Yeah. Let us know your thoughts, people. I was about to say, like, leave a comment below, but it's, like, not a YouTube video. <laughs> <laughs> oh, email reply. Oh, I had a mystery entry question. I was wondering if you ever watched Eurovision, because it was Eurovision on Saturday <laughs> night. You get people that are really, like, hardcore Eurovision fans. Like, Miriam was saying that she would have all her friends. They'd all pick a country they were going to support, and they'd all, like, bring food from that country or something. Or you get people that kind of hate it and have never been into it at all. So I think I've been to four Eurovision parties in my life. Hmm. And it's one of those, I am happy for someone else to have the enthusiasm and organise the party, and I'll <laughs> enjoy it. But I personally don't enjoy Eurovision enough to be like, we are organising a party. So in my first year, I got invited to some older years houses and we watched it there. And then in my second and third year, one of my housemates, I'm pretty sure he organised a Eurovision party. And we did do the thing where you do the sweepstake of countries. And I got United Kingdom one year and I was like, oh, well, I've automatically lost. There's no hope here. <laughs> did you see what happened but, yesterday? Oh, not yesterday. It was yesterday. One? Saturday night. Yeah. I didn't know, but hasn't the winner been accused of taking drugs or something? Oh, really? I don't know, but I just... I oh, I might just be massively just, slandering them here. Like... They're always a bit naff. The one this year, the one that won was all maybe just my taste in music, but it was hardcore kind of screamy Italian rock. And I just wasn't into it. And you, the UK got zero points. Oh, man. Looks like Europe is still salty about the whole Brexit thing. Yeah, no, that is quite funny. But I always feel so sad because like, we always try kind of hard, but it's just like a generic clubby song with like a positive message. I think you either have to go amazing voice 
incredible song or you just have to go nuts just go for the most gimmicky thing you can and like Britain just doesn't can't do either of them well and I guess it doesn't help no. that we're like hated by Europe so yeah I don't get why we don't just send the bell that'll be a bit of a downer on her career do you think to like <laughs> oh well in 20 30 years time when she becomes irrelevant then we can yeah. send it to Eurovision <laughs> it's like when you try to like <laughs> Save your career by going on Eurovision and sticking the final nail in the coffin of your career. <laughs> oh, you're going to talk about you went to the Pengilly's house. Oh, yes, I did. This was, yeah, on Monday I did some brownie baking and then went to a few people's houses to deliver them. And I it resulted in an impromptu invite from the Pengilly's for dinner with them. And it was just so lovely. It was first day with the new restrictions lifted and... Yeah, just wonderful to be in a, in, a, in a family house, experiencing the excitement of dinner time with the children. Just great fun. And like, I think they, when I got there, the kids were out, they'd been there at swimming lessons and they came back from swimming lessons, full of energy, wanting to play tag. And I was like, how do you have so much energy? Was I like this once? Because, you know, I get to 4pm in the afternoon and I'm, and I'm ready for bed. It, it was fun to have that experience. So I'm, I'm very grateful to them for welcoming me in. And yeah, looking forward to random dinners in the next couple of months what did you eat with them uh we had just a mince meaty wrap cheesy oh. dish so something nice and wholesome and family-based which <laughs> i appreciated the only other thing we wanted to say was the new building is open we've been working in the office and apart from the fact it's a bit bright in the morning when the sun's shining in your eyes it's been very fun to have people walk past and fun to be able to welcome people back into the building i know quite a few of our more elderly folk have come down for um coffee and biscuits and whatnot and seem to be enjoying themselves so if you haven't done that yet would recommend mm. any thoughts to add there susanna i don't think so just like yeah it's such a nice atmosphere now it was just so long it was really really quiet it was just me tom adam and ross in the in the church so it's really nice to kind of see it being a hub of activity again as it should be you realise I've set you up for a perfect segue into the thought for the day. Wait, there. what was the segue? I missed it. Well, I said any thoughts, Susanna, and you could have said... Oh, I, I thought know, you meant thoughts you on that topic. Well, yes, I, 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 was, I was killing oh, two birds with one stone. Say it again, say again. Susanna, any thoughts on that? Well, funny you say that. I had actually have a thought for the day to share. So this is like basically a thought, but it was kind of... There were so many passages that I was looking at at different times that all kind of fed together to add to my line of thought if that makes any sense in mtc on thursday we were looking at acts and something that always challenges and inspires me when i read acts is that they just couldn't be silent that they were so bold and courageous and obviously we're hearing about that yesterday with paul how they prayed for boldness and they were completely transformed by the power of the spirit and I can't remember where it's from, but it's at one point they it says they rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer for the name of Jesus. And then I was reading the other day in my quiet time from John 10, Jesus saying that he is the door of the sheep, the only means of salvation. And that was the message that the church in Acts were proclaiming that Jesus was the only way. And then we were talking about Psalm 23 in Hebrews, and that was about Jesus being the shepherd of the sheep and him being the 
the one that leads his people by waters of rest and makes us lie down in green pastures. And that was kind of building on the John 10 idea of him being the good shepherd. And then something else I was thinking about was God's abundance. So you could think about that in terms of giving the Holy Spirit abundantly. And like Psalm 23 says that we lack nothing in God. Uh, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So I lack nothing in him. But it's not just that we're created to just kind of get by and not lack, but actually we're created for abundance and an abundance of joy. So John 10 went on to say he came to give us life and life to the full or life abundantly. And then I was thinking about looking at Colossians 1 in one of my one-to-ones and like that talks about Paul praying that God would give the strength for the Colossian church to persevere with patience and endurance with joy and then I was looking at James another time and that was talking about counting it all joy when we face trials and the early church was suffering but left rejoicing and so it's this abundant kind of nature of our God that we don't just get by but we can actually endure and persevere but with joy as well and I guess in my work I can sometimes like grumble and feel stressed and kind of tired but we don't have to just do things kind of just get on with it we can actually ask for an abundance of of joy and you see that in Paul's writing like in Colossians it like and all of his letters really like his joy just kind of oozes out of the writing and you think about how much he was kind of persecuted an extraordinary amount and the fact then that he is, has an incredible amount of joy and, you know, the, in the book of Acts, all the apostles that are being persecuted and they're just rejoicing and that we can face trials but count them all joy. It's just such a, a mark of the Holy Spirit that he produces. He can produce abundant joy in his people. And I guess I want to encourage you all to, to ask for joy and not just have to be content to kind of push on with life or to fall into grumbling but when we think about the nature of our God and how abundantly good he is overflowing with grace and mercy and a joyful God we can ask for that and expect that it will be given that was very waffly but I hope you can take something useful from that yeah thank you for that Susanna it's so easy to fall into that comfortable western mindset of my joy is dependent on having that nice comfortable middle class life which is so counter to what is seen throughout the new testament particularly in that opening part of acts of they, they counted it joy or hang on i can't remember the exact wording to be counted worthy of suffering i remember i was reading a story or maybe i heard a story of this congregation in china where they would gather possibly outside as their fellowship and there was one person in that congregation who went away to get coffee or something and then when they came back they found that the entire congregation had been snatched by the authorities and their response was sadness because they hadn't been taken and they hadn't in their <laughs> mind, been considered worthy to suffer, yeah. which I know that my gut reaction would be, oh, thank you, Lord, that I've been spared this. Yeah. So <laughs> a good challenge to us all there, I think. So thank you. Well, I wanted to do some reflections on a talk I recently did from Joshua 10 in my MTC session. Uh, this is when the five Amorite kings form an alliance and go and attack Gibeon and then Joshua comes over with Israel and smashes them and the Amorite kings end up impelled on their own or on a tree and throughout the passage there are constant reminders that God is the one who gives the enemies into the hands of Joshua God is the one who brings about the victory so throughout the passage you see God is the one who enables his people to have victory in the warfare that they face and God is the one who brings his people into their salvation and as I was thinking about how 
this would apply to us, it struck me that, well, sure, we're not invading a country, we're not invading the promised land, but we do find ourselves in spiritual warfare. And from this passage, we should have confidence that God will bring us through that spiritual warfare and that God will bring us into the salvation that he has promised us in Christ Jesus for that day is one day coming. And it was kind of, this might sound bad, but it was kind of a generic application point of, well, I think this is what the text means. And I think this is how the text applies to 21st century life. This will hopefully impact some people. Then I found it suddenly was really relevant to myself because there were a few things said during the NPC sessions that day, which kind of unsettled me where I had to express it. Yeah, I, I guess I just got spiritually unsettled and filled with doubts in response to what I heard on a few things. And I suddenly realized, oh, you know, what? Like this seems to be spiritual warfare where you, you come under unsettling attacks and you feel, yeah, I'm going to keep using the word unsettled. Then that application point of God bringing us through that, that warfare and giving us victory and promising the salvation and giving us the salvation something became a lot more personal and a lot more relevant and i was greatly encouraged by it so that was just a quick reflection i wanted to share from my own recent experiences and hopefully that is useful to some people out there nice so moving on to recommendations adam what do you have as your recommendation for this week well i am torn between two things to recommend and i'm going to go with my first one which i had written down and i'm going to recommend BBC Good Food, or is it BBC Good Foods? Either way, it's one of those. And I've had a number of recipes off of this website, which have been very nice. So can 100%, well, no, I can't 100% recommend it because I'm sure there's some really healthy stuff on there, which is disgusting. But I would recommend checking it out. I'm sure you'll find some things in there which are particularly enjoyable. The recipes I've looked at so far have been straightforward enough. I'm not particularly sophisticated in the kitchen, but I've been able to make good use of it so yeah if you're in need of inspiration in the kitchen easy good food is one i'm going to recommend this week how about yourself suzanne my recommendation is lilo <laughs> why can't i say it <laughs> lilo and stitch which i must have watched back in the day but could not remember at all and i didn't realize how good it is it's actually really funny i think there are quite a lot of jokes in there that kids you know wouldn't wouldn't get or wouldn't think much of and surprisingly quite a lot of sort of cultural references to things like Elvis Presley music is featured in it and stuff like that which you wouldn't expect from a kind of classic Disney film it feels more like it would have been made more recently but it's a perfect blend of really funny really kind of cute and sad and moving and uplifting it's just such a really wholesome watch I'd really recommend it for for families or just any age, really. It's a really, really good film. I loved it. And it's also got a, a very large series, which is also on Disney+. Plus. Oh. When I was at my friend's house, we were also just looking at random stuff on Disney+, Plus and came across Lilo and Stitch. And there's like 30 episodes or something crazy. Oh, I wonder if it's actually any good. In a season. We're just recommending the movie. We do not endorse the series just yet. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen it, so I don't know. Grand. Well, we hope you've enjoyed these rambles on the podcast. And with that, it's goodbye from me. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. Have a great week, everyone. Bye.